up guys and welcome back to another episode of obedience life lessons from a life lived one purpose honey okay so listen i'm lisa a smith i am the founder of the black health academy and on this platform we host two podcasts so we have the black health academy podcast which is myself and miss get fit with jay and then we have this obedience podcast which is just me these are my solo episodes which are more about personal and professional life lessons okay where i talk specifically about what it means to be in alignment in your life, what it means to be obedient, um, and what it takes to be successfully in alignment, all right? So that's what we focus on on these obedience episodes. This is episode, obedience episode 14, I believe. Oh my God, episode, obedience episode 14. And so if you missed some of our past obedience episodes, please, you know, scroll through previous episodes on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. All of the obedience episodes will say obedience in all caps with the title. So you'll know those obedience episodes if you love what you hear today. So if you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you. If you're a veteran listener, welcome back. So happy to have you. Uh, Per usual, I'm going to tell you what I'm sipping on during this episode because talking for nearly an hour, sometimes my throat gets a little parched. So I always have a beverage for these solo episodes. Today, I'm sipping on hot tea. It is Monday, April 5th here in Metro Detroit. It's a sunny, about 60 degrees today. Um, but I'm sipping on hot tea because I am a tea junkie. If you listen to the Black Health Academy podcast, you know both Jay and I are tea junkies. And today I'm sipping on Jay Citrus Mint. So this tea was originally sold by Starbucks. Um, the brand of tea that Starbucks sell is called Tivana. Now, Tivana used to be a store that I think went out of business. Um, at least they did here at the malls here in Michigan. I don't know if they're completely out of business. But Tivana has this um, flavor called Jade Citrus Mint. So I like mint tea a lot. So it's like a green minty. And so I'm sipping on that today. Now, typically inside of my tea, I try and make everything that I put in my body a powerhouse. So I try and load it up with extra stuff, whether that's my meals or my beverages. But um, today I literally just have a tea bag and water, y'all. Usually I will have fresh ginger. I might put a tablespoon of sea moss. I might put a tablespoon of my C3, which is a blend of sea moss, soursop and cloves. But today I literally just have the tea bag and hot water. And I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling like a little like like I'm missing something like I'm feeling real basic right now with just a tea bag and water super basic I never put sweetener in my tea but I usually always have you know something at least some fresh ginger but I'm we're out of all of that like all of it like the there's I think don't quote me on this but I think we saw a tumbleweed (laughs) blowing through the refrigerator (laughs) earlier today so um totally don't have much need to get to the grocery store so it's just me, tea bag, and water today. So that's what I'll be sipping on. So periodically, you'll hear pauses where I am wetting my throat that sound like this. So don't get alarmed. Nothing went wrong with your audio. It is just me um, wetting my palate. So let's get into it. Listen, welcome to Obedience Episode 13, Personal and Professional Life Lessons of a Life Lived on purpose. So today's episode, which is a really fun one, is actually called Overworked and Underpaid. Overworked and Underpaid. 
paid. And so let me tell you about the inspiration for this episode. I was, I had just finished a long, intense work session, which I have quite often. And someone texts me and asks how I was doing. Right. And I immediately replied and said, you know, overworked and underpaid. (laughs) And that's essentially what led me to the idea for this episode, because 99.9% of the time when people say that they're overworked and underpaid, they're not in control of their workload and they're definitely not in control of their pay. Right. It's usually, you know, something negative that they're saying because they can't change it. Well, as an entrepreneur, you know, that's not necessarily the case for me, right? I can definitely control my workload and I can definitely control my pay to a certain extent, you know, depending on what the market will allow me to charge for my products and services. But, you know, I said, and it just flow off my tongue. I didn't even think about the fact that I had said it until after I said it. But it was funny that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, right? And I'm claiming I'm overworked and under. Paid. So I want to talk about that today. But before I get into these 10, 10 qualities that I think you should take with you from your nine to five into your uh, place of obedience and being in alignment in your life, I wrote down 10 things that I thought were integral qualities to have to ensure your success when you're in alignment. I just want to take a small commercial break to to promote Farm to Table real quick, guys, because this enrollment season is so lit. So for those of you who don't know, Farm to Table is my signature coaching program, plant-based coaching program. And we are currently enrolling for the spring semester. So the spring semester will run from Tuesday, April 20th to Tuesday, June 22nd. It's 100% virtual. So far, we're at about 60% capacity for this semester. Enrollment ends on April 18th, Sunday, April 18th. And um, it's really it's been so amazing. This semester is the first time we introduced the application process. It used to just be a sales page with a checkout link. And so now I decided that I wanted to make sure that we are truly providing the optimal experience for our students and really catering the content to their needs. And so I'm I actually Uh, set up an application process for this semester to make sure that they were suitable for farm to table, that we were a good fit for them, that they were a good fit for us. Um, And so, you know, we have so far over 60 applications submitted for this semester. We're only um, taking half of that as far as the student body goes. And um, the, you know, conducting these suitability calls in the last couple of weeks, we opened up enrollment, I think, right around March 15th. Enrollment closes on April 18th and conducting these suitability calls have been so phenomenal over the past couple of weeks. Just I want to thank all of you that have who have taken the time to complete the application showing up for the suitability calls so far, you know, because it has been really enlightening and eye opening just to hear about you guys this journey, you know, where you are currently and what you're looking to achieve. So I'm so excited. Um, But if you are in a place in your health and wellness journey where you know your diet and your mindset and limiting belief systems um, are hindering you from achieving your health goals, then you need to be in Farm to Table because we're way, way, way more than a nutrition program. Um, We deep dive into neuroplasticity, metacognition, emotional intelligence, self-development. 
limiting belief systems, just really how to reconfigure your thoughts and your mindset to produce the outcomes you really want to produce in life, right? Because your life is a physical manifestation of the thoughts you think. And so we work hard with not just, you know, telling our students don't eat dairy, you know, don't eat meat, don't eat fish. That's the easy part. The difficult part is getting them to implement it with a new mindset that will make those behaviors sustainable once they've graduated from farm to table, right? And so that requires us as a team to be really well-versed really in psychosocial behavior, cognitive behavioral coaching, right? And so we pour a lot into the program to ensure that we really are transforming our students and that they're not just waiting for the end of the 10 weeks so they can get a piece of chicken, right? And so that's a very different way of conducting conducting a coaching program, which is why we decided to introduce an application process this semester. Um, so they've been going phenomenal and I really applaud all of you for really showing up in a major way. So if you're inter- it's interested in and learning more about Farm to Table, what's all included, kind of logistics of the program. If you're interested in reading and hearing from some of our alumni and their experience, you can do that on the application page, which can be found at www.lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply. Okay, lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply. And um, that link is also in the show notes. So if you don't want to type it in, just go to the show notes for this episode and click on it. Um, Thank you again. We're at 60% capacity. So application closes on April 18th. But if we sell out before then, then we're done. Right. I am not going over because we have to keep the student body at a reasonable number to make sure we optimize the experience for our students. Okay. All right. So that's that. So let's get into this episode. Listen, overworked and underpaid. So as I said before, usually when we're saying that we're not in control of our workload and we're certainly not in control of our pay, which is very different for me, right? I'm a full-time entrepreneur um, and, you know, a contractor as well. And so I dictate my entire, I'm completely in control of my schedule. I'm completely in control of my schedule. I say when I'm available, I say when I'm not available, you know, I can open up block off time slots at my will. I can pick up and go out of town without any permission. Everything I do can be done virtually. And I absolutely love that. Um, but that is a perk of the job, right? That is not a reason to work for yourself. It is just a perk and something that comes with it. You know, uh, when I, Back in the day, well, not back in the day, I still do speaking engagements for younger people. But when I do speaking engagements for younger people and I'm talking about entrepreneurship, one of the things I always ask, you know, after, you know, who in here is interested in working for themselves, one of the next questions I typically ask is why, right? Why do you want to work for yourself? And so often, especially with younger people, I hear, you know, I want to be my own boss. I want to be in control of my own time. You know, I want to come and go as I please. And one of the things I immediately correct them on is like, listen, you know, being your own boss, setting your own pay, coming and going as you please is definitely, you know, value. There's definitely value in that. It's definitely super cool, if you will. But is that the reason you should work for yourself? Absolutely not. That should be at the very bottom on the list, if on the list at all. You know, and I always tell them the reason you work for yourself, the reason you start a company is to solve a problem. You've identified a problem in the world that needs to be solved in a unique way that you haven't seen 
anyone anyone else solve in that way. So you don't need to create a new market, right? You can enter a market that has other people doing what you're doing. But the differentiator is, you know, are you going to solve the problem in a way in which it's never been solved before or for a body of people, i.e. an audience, a, a segment of that market um, that you feel is, is being ignored in that space, right? And so that was kind of how I felt with health, which is why I created the Black Health Academy, went on to create Farm to Table. And I think one of the you know, most exciting things for a lot of our students is that we have pretty much an all-Black student body. Our whole team is Black, and here we are, you know, 100% plant-based team of actually all black females. And we have created a program where, you know, a majority of our student body are people of color and we're introducing them to this lifestyle in a way in which many of them have never experienced it before, you know, or have been taught at this high of a level from people that look like them. Right. And don't get me wrong. There's definitely way more, a lot more, you know, plant-based educators in the plant-based education space. No doubt about it. I plug a lot of them in the program. But do they have an immersive program that walks people of color specifically through the process and caters the curriculum to the unique challenges that people of color have? I don't know. I haven't seen that. I haven't found it. When I was getting certified in plant-based nutrition, um, it was certainly not by anybody who looked like me. To this day, a lot of my education and professional development is comes from people who don't look like me. Um, and that goes for sex, color, age, everything. So... You know, I really wanted to feel that gap, right, that I found in this space. So I didn't, you know, create a company to work for myself. I didn't create a company to be in control of my own time. I didn't create a company so that I can make boatloads of money regardless of, you know, how my customer was impacted, regardless of whether or not I impacted the quality of their life in a positive way or not. No, I found what my gifts and talents were and I collided that with solving this problem that I, that I've identified in this unique space. And so that's why you work for yourself. So, you know, when thinking about being overworked and underpaid, I was just kind of thinking like, okay, so let's say you don't work for yourself, right? Um, let's say that you are in a nine to five, or let's say that you know, you never have a desire to work for yourself and you, but you know that you're not in alignment because just to be clear during these obedience episodes, when I'm talking about getting in alignment and being obedient, I'm not saying you have to be an entrepreneur to do that. Absolutely not. You can be in complete a hundred percent alignment in your life and not be an entrepreneur. Like there are police officers, firemen and women, there are pilots, there are postal workers, there are managers, right? There are people who are meant to do those jobs. There are doctors and nurses and teachers, right? There are people who like, I was meant to teach, like I love teaching. I'm, I'm exactly doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So I just want, for those of you who are maybe first time listeners or for those of you who know me so you know I'm an entrepreneur maybe you're thinking I'm speaking from a you must be an entrepreneur to be in alignment aspect and I'm not I'm saying align being in alignment being obedient is all about how your gifts talents and purpose collide and positions you 
to make a significant contribution to mankind before you leave this earth. That can look like entrepreneurship. That could look like a nine to five. That can look like being part of a big institution that existed before you were even born. I don't care what it looks like. You know, I don't care if you're writing your own checks or somebody else is signing your checks. Being in alignment is just knowing that you're doing exactly what you were meant to do, that you have reached a point of self-actualization, which means your gifts and talents are being truly utilized um, at their capacity. Okay. All right. So as I go through these 10 characteristics, I want to be clear about that. Not telling anybody to walk off their job. If you, if you're doing what you absolutely not only love, but that also, you know, contributes to society in a significant way, then you should, you're right where you should be. Okay. But what I did was I listed out, um, what I believe, you know, about 10 attributes or characteristics, lessons that you should take with you from your nine to five that you'll need to be successful once you're in alignment. So when I say from your nine to five, I'm saying in this particular example, I'm using nine to five as something that you did for money that you knew you weren't going to do for the rest of your life. Okay, so that could have been, you know, a job you you have now. Right. You could be working in customer service or a call center or something in retail. You know, you can be working at an insurance company, whatever. You could be doing something right now. That's a nine to five. But, you know, you're not in alignment in your life, but you're trying to get there. Right. You have a vision of what it should look like, but you're not there. So when I say lessons to take with you from your nine to five, I'm not saying that you're taking it from a nine to five to entrepreneurship. You could be taking it to another nine to five. But in that other nine to five, you are completely in alignment in your life. So just want to be clear. Okay. All right. So let's boogie through these lessons. Okay. Um, There's 10 of them, but five of them I'm going to go deep on. The other five I'm just going to mention briefly because they, you know, they kind of speak for themselves. But there's some of them that I want to go a little deeper in. So when you're in alignment, um, that requires you to be a leader in some aspect. It doesn't mean you're running things. It doesn't mean you have staff or people that you manage. You might not even have people reporting to you, but when you're in alignment, you know, when you are in a position where your gifts and talents, you know, are being realized by the world, you know, there's responsibility in that. Okay, and so there's some responsibility that comes with being in alignment in order to stay in alignment. Okay, I want this tea to cool down, y'all. So there's some responsibilities that you have um, to adhere to in order for the universe to continue to open doors for you, in order for you to continue to be granted access to levels and spaces that you need access to, to continue to ascend in the space that you're in, right? Because you can get an opportunity um, and, and get an alignment, but in order to stay in that position, there are some responsibilities that being in alignment requires of you. And so I want to be very clear because sometimes things are not made easy for you because you're disobedient or you're not applying the right character traits, um, to your position. And so things are not coming as easy for you. All right. So some of you are in a space where you're trying to get an alignment. Others are maybe there, but you're not optimizing that opportunity. Um, and so what the 10 things that I'm about to say might unlock some of that for you so that, um, you can, you can do just that. Okay. 
So let's talk about it. So here it is. 10 things that you, 10 lessons that you should take with you from your nine to five that you'll need to be successful once you're in alignment. Okay. Now, (laughs) small, the small print on this says that if you weren't a good worker in your nine to five, meaning if you weren't a good worker when you were in a position where you weren't in alignment, don't think you'll miraculously become a good leader or a good worker or a good business owner or just be a good person in alignment all of a sudden, because that's another thing. Like people think I, you know, am not the best person I can be at this job because it wasn't what I was meant to do. I'm not passionate about it. I hate it here. And then all of a sudden, let's say the following week, you get the opportunity to do what you were meant to do. You're not all of a sudden going to become this stand up worker, this stand up leader, this stand up business owners. There are character traits that need time to uh, be developed and polished. Okay, a lot of people make the excuse that I don't want to do this anyway, so I don't need to be, you know, prompt. I don't need to be professional. I don't need to be timely. I don't care about these people. I don't care about this job. I don't care about whatever, right? Like you're not showing up in the most optimal way just because you're not doing what you want to do. And that's really, really problematic. And that's going to come back and bite you in the butt if you don't change some stuff right now. It also can be part of the reason why, why you're there why you've been there longer than you were supposed to be because you don't have these character traits that I'm about to name. And um, therefore, the universe is not working with you. God is not working with you to get you where you want to be because you haven't displayed readiness. Okay, you have not displayed a level of readiness. So the first character trait that you need to be successful in alignment is a high work ethic. So what does that mean? You know, like I mentioned earlier, working for yourself is not just about, you know, having freedom of time, but it is a part of having uh, of working for yourself. And so oftentimes, you know, I I can sleep in. Right. I I usually build out my schedule to where I don't have, you know, many appointments before, I don't know, eight or nine a.m. Right. And so if I wake up at five a.m., I can wake up or I cannot. Right. Um, And I can also set my schedule where I don't have anything until afternoon and that's after 12 p.m. noon. And so but what I often do is I get out of bed every day like I got somewhere to be right. Like I have somewhere to be. Like I said, all of my work is 100 percent virtual these days, so I don't even have to be at speaking engagements. Um, And so my work ethic You know, for a lot of people, I think in the pandemic, whether you work for yourself or you were forced to start working virtual, it really tested your work ethic. I think the pandemic did a great job because so many of us were working virtually, did a great job at showing us even more of who we were with regard to work ethic because you could really slack off. Right. Some individuals had jobs where, you know, they weren't being monitored or as closely watched as they were when they had to be physically in the building. And so now I want you to take a hard look at your work ethic. If you're doing something that you don't really enjoy, um, are you, are you still showing up as if someone was watching you as if your boss or whatever was a couple doors down? Are you if working for yourself even though you don't have to, let's say, maybe if you had a physical establishment, if you don't have to physically go into your store or your restaurant 
or your boutique or your gym anymore? Are you still getting out of bed and getting after it, right? Like, what is your work ethic like? You cannot be in alignment and have a poor work ethic. Because let me be clear, being in alignment, as I said a thousand times, is the intersection of your gifts, talents, and purpose, right? However, just because you're gifted and talented and know your purpose doesn't mean that the business, the opportunities, the gigs, whatever, the customers, the clients are going to just fall in your lap. It doesn't mean that. You have to get up and work for it, right? And especially if you work for yourself. You know, in entrepreneurship, we have a saying that says, we eat what we kill, which means if we don't get out, get up every day and hunt, we ain't eating, right? We are not eating. And I learned that very early on. Like when I made the decision to give my gifts the responsibility of paying my bills, it really changed the game. Because you can have a gift that doesn't have to earn money. Like all gifts don't have to produce you know, financial benefits. You can be a phenomenal singer and just love singing. Like maybe you might do a wedding every now and then. Maybe you just do karaoke. Maybe you just sing in your church. And that's the way you utilize your gift, you know, uh, you know, in church. It, every All gifts don't have to be responsible for your mortgage or your car note, you know, um, or your health insurance. But if you do make the decision to make your gifts also responsible for paying your bills, You have to have a high work ethic in order to succeed, okay? So first thing, if things aren't coming as easy for you, if you are working toward getting in alignment or being obedient and you're not, if you're wondering why things aren't lining up or it's not just, you know, things aren't gelling as quickly, opportunities aren't coming as quickly, things are falling through, um, whatever that may be, you're struggling in your current position, check your work ethic. I promise you, you know, check your work ethic. You might think like, what's the point of me working hard and we all getting paid the same here? Uh, why would I work harder for them for the same amount of work harder than them um, for the same amount of pay as them? Right. Trust me. All payoffs don't necessarily come in dollars and cents. Your work ethic has a bigger benefit than just what's in your paycheck at the end of that week or two weeks or at the end of that month, okay? So check your work ethic. The second characteristic that you need to be successful in alignment is integrity. Integrity. So one of the things I often tell, you know, we often tell our students at Farm to Table is our team, you know, we teach this because we do this. We don't do this because we teach it, meaning the reason, you know, I teach plant based nutrition is because I do it and it's so powerful. Like I know the power of eating plants every damn day. I know the power of drinking 25 ounces of water within 30 minutes of waking. I know the power of getting 30 grams of fiber a day and more. I know the power of working out a minimum of five days a week. I know the power of not eating and refraining from refined and concentrated sweeteners, processed oils, processed foods, right? I teach it because I do it, right? I know what it takes to lose weight because I've lost 65 pounds. You know, I know what it takes to run my own company. I know what it means, you know, to really show up in a way that, you know, helps me sleep at night. It helps me, you know, be proud of my level of integrity. And so 
whatever you want to do in life, whatever you're striving to do, if you're not there already, right? Whatever you intend to teach, whatever you intend to coach to, are you doing it? When I tell individuals, um, when we tell our students in Farm to Table that, you know, the number one indicator of a long life, longevity and life expectancy is not what you eat. It's not a plant-based diet. It's not how you exercise. It's not your zip code. It's not your annual income. It's not your DNA or genetics. It is your social connections. It is the relationships, the quality of the relationships you have with, you know, your immediate friends and family, with your community, your, the quality of your relationship with, you know, your spirituality, with yourself, Right. When we when I teach that and tell people that I don't then just go back and ignore my own relationships like I pour into my relationships. I make sure I'm giving time to, you know, the people that I care the most about. I make sure I harness and covet my relationships because not only do I teach that they have the biggest impact on your life expectancy, but I act like they have the biggest impact on my life expectancy, right? I remember asking two of my good friends last year, I think it was last year or the year before, I was like, randomly, I texted them out the blue. I was like, hey, if there, what would you say is like some qualities or some traits I just need to work on as a person or as a friend or whatever, right? Um, and they're just like, what, Lisa, what the heck are you talking about? Right. And then I remember talking to my therapist at the time and saying, you know, like I'm obsessed with relationships. Like I just want all of my relationships to be so healthy. You know, I want to make sure that I'm giving more than I'm taking. I want to make sure that, you know, my friends and family and just even my students and my clients feel like when they walk away from a relationship with me that, they, you know, their life was improved, like they, their life was better because Lisa was in it, right? That means so much to me. Like I work hard to make sure that I'm serving the people that I'm in relationships with and, you know, whether they're personal or professional. And so that, that is integrity to me. You know, I teach plant-based, so I'm plant-based. Okay. All right. Right. But there, it goes deeper than that. When I tell people, teach people about their limiting belief systems. I'm making sure that I'm constantly addressing mine, looking for them, unpacking them, you know, and really tackling them. And so your integrity matters so much in the space that you're in. And, you know, doing these suitability calls um, for farm to table this semester, that has actually come up with a couple of people where they, when I, when I asked them, like, why do you want to pursue a plant-based diet? What would it mean for you? A couple of them have said, like, I feel false. Like, based on the work that I do for a living, me not being healthy seems to be incongruent with what I do. And when they say that, they're speaking about integrity, right? They're talking about, like, how can I go out and teach this or sell this, you know, or just be a part of this movement or this organization, and I'm not healthy, Right. And so, again, integrity is so important in whatever you do. Just being a really honest person that people can depend on. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Just being a good, good human. But then also when it comes specifically to your work and what you're going to do for a living, you know, um, are you are you what you teach? Are you what you promote? Are you what you sell? Right. And I am so proud of the fact that I am. 
right? It's not something that I have to create a script. I don't have to create a script to sell farm to table because I can just tell you what you can expect because I do it. I can tell you what you can expect because I coach people through my exact experience, right? And so it's, it feels amazing to be showing up with that high level of integrity. Okay. All right. So the next characteristic in quality um, that you need to be successful if you're in alignment is you need to be able to accept responsibility. You must be able to accept responsibility. So what does this mean? This is all about accountability. A lot of times, you know, especially when we work as part of an organization where we're part of a team and it's a whole lot of people that the blame can be placed on if things don't go right. A lot of times we're so willing to kind of jump on, you know, the wagon when the finger is being pointed in another direction. Okay. But you have to have the ability to take a hard look at yourself, at your behaviors, you know, at your production level, right? And say, what role did I play in this outcome? Right. Because it's really awesome to do it when the outcome was phenomenal. When you say if you guys surpass your goals for the quarter or for the year or whatever, and everyone's celebratory, it's so easy to be so proud. Like, yeah, I was a part of that. You know, I was part of the sales team or I was part of the quality control team or whatever it is. I'm part of the crew. We did that. But when things don't go well. Right. Do you show up with that same? Um, Do you show up with that same acknowledgement? Do you show up with that same amount of vigor and say, okay, this is what, or did you just say, well, I did my part, right? Well, did you, you know, again, back to number one, what was your work ethic like during that season? What was your work ethic like during that quarter, during that year? Um, What role could, you know, did you play in us not achieving our goal, whether you work for yourself or whether you're a part of a team, right? accountability is so important, especially as a leader. You know, so many times I've had to step up and say, you know what, I'll take that L. I'll take that L. I'm not going to say it was our tech guy. I'm not going to say it was my admin person. You know, it's, it's, things have happened. People on my team have made mistakes before. Um, there's been things. I've made mistakes, obviously. You know, things have happened. But not once, not never, you know, have I ever thrown anybody under the bus because I feel like as the leader, even if this person on my team made a mistake, they were being led by me. And so I look at the mistake they made and say, where did I drop the ball as far as leadership training, professional development to make sure that that mistake didn't get made? Right. And so it is so important to have a spirit of accountability in every single thing that you do. Be able to take ownership of the wins and the L's, right? Because that is going to get you so much farther. Because you, if you have a spirit of it wasn't me, that's not my fault. If so-and-so had did this, then that you're going to fall flat when it's time to be in alignment. Because unfortunately, the universe doesn't reward individuals who lack the ability to look at the man in the mirror. You know, that's not rewarded. Now, I'm not saying it's always your fault, but I'm saying be willing and able to take an honest assessment of what happened and be able to own it. And if you're a leader, 
you know, where, you know, even though you didn't make the physical mistake or whatever, if they were being led by you, you are part of the problem. Okay. And if they continue to make a mistake, you're still part of the problem because now you have a staffing issue, right? You've placed somebody in a position that they were not meant to be in. They can't thrive in that position. So it's still your fault. Okay. So it's so important. It is so important to have a spirit of accountability to be able to accept responsibility. All right. The next one, number four, number four, fourth characteristic that you need to be successful in alignment is working to completion. Oh my God. Working to completion. Listen, it is so important to be a finisher. It is so important to be a finisher. You know, many of us are, if we're lucky, we're starters, at least we're great starters. Cause don't get me wrong. There's people who don't even start. And so sometimes we give starting so much credit because there's so many people who don't even get to that step. Like a lot of things stay in the idea phase for people, right? So if you move out of the idea phase into the action phase and you start something, you definitely get points for that. But some of y'all doling out way too many points for starting. You definitely get all the points for finishing, working things to completion, projects, assignments, seeing it through to completion. Now, there are some things that you need to take a hard look and a hard assessment at and evaluate whether or not this is what you should be doing at this time, whether or not, you know, this is a good fit for and aligns with your gifts, talents and purposes. You know, there are some things that don't have to be finished. Right. But it, it shouldn't be finished because of a true logistical assessment. Not because you just quitting and giving up because it's too hard or it's not as fun or exciting as you thought it was going to be, you know, or, you know, or fear. Right. Um, So why are we not finishing things? If you have a pattern of not being a finisher, you got some stuff you need to really unpack because you cannot be in alignment and not work to completion. You have to work to completion. As simple as that, you have to become what we call in farm to table, a chronic finisher. Many people are chronic starters. Many people, you know, are chronic idea creators. But are you a chronic finisher? I remember doing a live last week on Instagram and um, I was I had invited somebody. Somebody asked to join my live. And so I let him in and um, or something. I forgot who I was talking to. But basically, I told him I retired from personal training, right? Like most of us, we think about retirement. You're in your, you know, late 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. But I retired from personal training in my 30s, right? I didn't quit. I worked it to completion, right? It was meant to carry me or lead me or to be a catalyst into plant-based nutrition, right? And so when the season of personal training was over, I didn't just stop when it was hard or when I was sick of driving to the gym or when I was sick of having one-on-one clients. That wasn't it. Right. I knew when my passion and my gifts were realigning themselves with something different, which was plant based nutrition and teaching nutrition. But I could have never got to where I am with nutrition without having done personal training first. But I worked that aspect of my career to completion. Right. And I had to take a hard look and assessment in what it was meant to do. And it was meant to be seasonal. 
right? And so there is assessments that comes with stopping things, right? And so you have to have the ability to do those assessments, okay? Um, the next characteristic and trait that you really need to be successful is patience. Oh my God. Listen, y'all, patience truly is a virtue. And I know you guys know this, but you know, when you're, when you have goals, when you have things you want to accomplish, when you have gifts that you can't wait for the world to see, when you have talents you can't wait to share with the world, however you want to contribute to society, you know, no matter what, you have to pay your dues and you have to have patience for that. I understand that we all want things now. Instant gratification is a thing. And if there's so many things that we can get instantly that the things that we still have to wait on seems like a headache, a drag. It's like brutal. It's like suffering, right? Like suffering. I know sometimes in front of the table, our students are like, I was so excited for my doctor's appointment because I want to see what my numbers were since starting this program. Like did my blood pressure go down? My cholesterol go down? What about my A1C? What about my markers for cancer? What about my markers for inflammation? you know, all of these things. And they're like, why can't I get the results back today? Like, why do I got to wait a week? Why do I got to wait two days? Right. Um, it's just the patience, the patience, right? Because we're excited. Right. Um, and we're ready to get started. We are ready for it to be here. But let me tell you one of the things that have really helped me to work on my patience. And that is meditation. So meditation, the whole, you know, the primary point of meditation is being present, right? Focusing on the here and right now, right? So most of us live our life in one of two places, either reviewing the past or rehearsing the future. And very rarely are we present. And so, you know, when you're meditating, the mission is to be present, right? And so that's why they say, you know, get in a comfortable position and start focusing on your breath, you know, um, tune in to your environment. What do you feel? What do you smell? You know, you know, what is going on around you? What do you see? Whatever, because it's all about being present in the moment when you're, when your thoughts drift off, try and come back to the present. And so that patience is really important because oftentimes when we're eager, right, for something, what are we doing? We're living in the future, which means what? We're ignoring the present you know, and this comes in like small doses and big doses. I remember literally a couple of days ago, me and my significant other were driving to a comedy show, which was an hour and 20 minutes away. And it was a comedian that I could not wait to see. Like I was super excited to see this comedian. And I'm like, oh my God, this hour and 20 minute drive. Like, I'm like, oh, we're on a highway. And I'm just like, let's go faster. And I'm just literally trying to race into the future. Right. And Literally, I went back and just remembered me meditating that morning. And I was like, Lise, like, look at the highway. Like, you guys are spending time together. It's, you know, a beautiful day out. You're dressed up. You know, you're on your way to see a show. Like, the ride to get to the show is part of the experience. Stop trying to rush it. Stop trying to get there you're there in your head, which means you can't be here physically. You, if you're somewhere else in your head where you are physically, all of a sudden becomes unimportant, 
right? And so I just stopped, you know, and just like started taking pictures of us in the car and just like laughing and joking and just being present as opposed to being like, hurry, 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 go, go, go. Because the journey to get there again is part of the experience. So whether your journey to get there is, you know, the work that you have to go through the, to test to get certified for something or, you know, to become you know, to move to the next level, like that journey of studying, that journey of scheduling the exam, that journey of all of that, all of all we want to do is just get past this thing so we can get on to the next thing. And um, life doesn't work at its best in that way. Okay. Life works better when you master being present. And when you master being present, your experiences flourish, right? Because I remember, like, so I decided to drive on the way there and, you know, told my significant other, you know, they could drive back. And so I, when I finally got out of the future and decided to enjoy the the drive there on a highway, I started taking pictures because, you know, they fell asleep in the car while I was driving. So I was snapping pictures unbeknownst to them. So the next day I'm showing, you know, them the pictures that I took in the car when we were driving there and we got a laugh out of it. I'm like, look at you knocked out in the passenger seat, left me by myself to make this hour and 20 minute drive. And like it became a memory, like me being present became a memory and on just the drive. So it wasn't just the memory of the comedy show and the good time we had at the comedy show. You know, me being present on the highway on the way to the comedy show became a memory as well. So we miss out on potential experiences when we're not present. Okay, and so I turned the present into a moment, into a thing. And we have to do that in work. We have to do that in love. We have to do that in health. Right. We're so anxious to get down those 40 pounds that we're not acknowledging you know, how good it feels to put yourself first when you wake up and drink your water and, and prioritize your exercise that day. You're just like, I got to exercise so I can lose these 40 pounds and forget, you know, how I feel during the workout. I just want to get to the 40 pounds down. No, that's coming. Be present with the water. Be present with the plants. Be present with the exercise regimen. You know, be present with that moment where you're struggling trying to resist the chips and the sugar. Be present because it all lends to your story and so that being present is really me saying being patient right be patient it all lends and plays into the journey okay all right so the next characteristic that is required in order for you to be successful is professional development in order to increase your earning potential okay so for example like At a company, you know, you want promotions, so you work hard, you know, you sharpen your skills and you learn as much as possible to move up, right? So professional development is something that you also have to master and bring with you into alignment and obedience, right? When you get into a space in your life, when you know you are living perfectly in alignment you're being obedient to what you're meant to do, that professional development does not stop, right? When you have a goal, again, of maybe moving up the corporate ladder or, or whatever, you're doing what you like, what other certified, I have a good friend, she has like, she works for the company Salesforce and 
she when she got the job immediately like immediately she started working on all of these certifications that she could get in her role because every time she gets a certification it's a different aspect of the business that she is now looked at as a you know expert on you know so she has the role in and of itself but then there are certifications that she can go after that comes with her role you know that's all professional development for her and she started going after that why because she wants to work on the special projects and when those opportunities come up they're going to be looking for people who are not just in her role but who have these certifications that you know go with that role and so she's doing that for that reason right it's the same thing when you're in alignment when you know even though i'm doing what i feel like i'm meant to do i'm teaching i'm coaching i'm speaking i'm creating content like communication is my gift right i know that especially with the space that i work in health space you know in the healing space um it's really really important for me to be consistently doing professional development because you know there are new health challenges every day with people right people are coming with all type of things and I need to at least know something about them I need to know where to get the answers from I need to have a resource right I need to have um, a, a foundation or a knowledge base and so professional development development is super important and believe it or not I equally study nutrition and personal development and self-enhancement like I study them equally because so much of my work at the Black Health Academy and at Farm to Table is not just teaching people why, you know, saturated fat is bad for them, but also teaching them how to become the person who doesn't eat saturated fat because you got to change who you are as a human to break many habits. And so, you know, that requires me to know more than just the nutrition science. So professional development is such a huge part of what I do. And so you have to be someone who does professional development relentlessly in order to be successfully in alignment and obedient because you always will have competition, number one. And I think one of the things that, you know, helps set us apart at Farm to Table is just the depth of knowledge that we have as a team, the depth of experience that we have as a team. But not only that, my ability to constantly create new frameworks as I develop Right. So I think every semester since I started Farm to Table many years ago, we've introduced new frameworks just as I kind of watch the students go through the experience and kind of unpack or fill in the gaps that I think need to be filled. Right. And so it's it's always so fun. I think my favorite students in Farm to Table are alumni, because when our alumni come back and retake the program, they're like, I love this new thing that you did and this is so dope and this is cool and I like the way you set this up this way, right? And, you know, that makes me feel so amazing because I constantly want to develop it to where, you know, it's really, there's no room for error. And that might sound like really ambitious, but that's my goal. You know, that's my goal. Like I want to make sure we're attacking any potential pain point that our students will have. And so that requires me to constantly be doing professional development. That, that requires me to constantly be dissecting, you know, our curriculum, to be dissecting, you know, our, our 
program delivery to be dissecting the student's experience and the student's journey through the experience, um, but then also to be constantly developing myself and my team. And so professional development is so super important. Um, And so if you don't, if you haven't made a habit of basically sharpening your own skill sets, honing your talents and positioning yourself to learn as much as possible, you know, in your respect of discipline, um, then you need to step your game up, you know, especially if you're more gifted than you are talented, because a gift is something that naturally comes easier to you than it does to somebody else. So if it naturally comes easier to you, let's just say singing, for example, you know, that doesn't mean that you can let your foot off the gas with singing lessons. You get what I'm saying? Because sometimes our gifts would trick us into believing that we don't need to do more or that we can't go further. Absolutely not. You know, I know I'm a gifted speaker, a communicator, but am I going to invest in me being a better speaker? Absolutely. Right. Am I going to invest in, you know, learning even more about how to create curriculums or content or whatever? Absolutely. Do I study plant-based nutrition on a regular basis, even though I know a ton already? Absolutely. Right. So professional development really helps me to keep me where I, where, where I am and most importantly helps to keep me and my team competitive. Right. I really feel like we're carving out a significant piece of the market for ourselves in this plant-based education space because we work so hard on professional development. Okay. Okay. Next one. I think I just have a few more, a few more. Okay. Um, so the next skill that you need in order to be successful in alignment that you should bring from your nine to five is customer service, customer service. What? So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, Customer service goes two ways, internal and external, right? So when we talk about customer service, we're often talking about external, right? How do you treat the individuals who are paying you for what you sell, right? Um, And that goes without saying, right? Like customer service is so important because one of the things um, I tell people during business coaching is that the easiest money you'll make in business It's old money. Like it's people who already spent money with you, right? Like it's much easier to get somebody to buy from you again than to get somebody to buy from you for the first time. Much easier. It's much easier to get someone to buy from you again than it is to get someone to buy from you for the first time. And so you can see why customer service is so doggone important because their experience with you the first time or the second time or the third time is going to dictate whether or not they're going to return and arguably just as important will dictate whether or not they will refer you to others, right? And so customer service has to be exceptional, right? So if you are in a position working a nine to five or doing something that you just don't love, that you've fallen out of alignment with, and you know your customer service is slacking, you know, pick it up. You have to, because sometimes, you know, you're the only 
touch point, you know, for a person that day, you know, it's just, you know, one, first things first, it's just being a good human, right? You just never want to be nasty to anybody. But then also, you know, those deliverables have a huge impact on the end experience, right? And, and sometimes when we're working as part of a, a team or a company, we feel like we're just a cog in the wheel, you know, we don't care, especially if you're working at like, say, a big company like, you know, AT&T or something, you know what I mean? Or or utility company and you're on customer service and somebody's calling and talk about their bill. Like, you don't you're not thinking like, oh, let me give them a good experience so they don't leave AT&T. Most people are just thinking like, get off my phone so I can get to the next person so I can get the heck out of this dog on call center. Right. But trust me, if you master customer service there. When you get to where you truly want to be, this skill will take you places you could have never imagined. So often, I think I get complimented on, oh my God, thank you for responding so quickly. You know, thank you for being so kind and generous. Like when people reach out to me, I thank them. I say, thank you for referring me. When, when someone sends someone to me, I thank them. Like I literally, I'm, I'm going to tell this story um, on the podcast, so I don't want to say the whole thing right now, but I literally had an experience today where somebody referred me and I instantly asked, I was like, do you mind giving me their name and number so I can call and thank them? Because I don't, the person that referred me, I've never met this person, right? And so that says something in and of itself. Um, and I'm, I'll talk about that on the podcast with Jay, but like, I cannot wait to say thank you. Like, please and thank yous still have a lot of weight, right? And so that's external customer service, but then also internal customer service. If you're a leader, um, if you're a business owner, if you have a staff, if you have a team, you know, if you have people that report to you as a manager or something like that, a supervisor, whatever, your internal customer service is so, 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 so important. Now, here's the deal, okay? Our team at, at Farm to Table, we, when you um, enroll in Farm to Table, you're supported by a team of five of us. And I do everything in my power to make sure my team feels valued, to feel supported, to feel heard, and to feel part of the team. Like what I ask their opinions, their suggestions, their recommendations, you know, their review. Like, what did you think? How did this go? Like I ask those things because they're part of the team. It's not just me telling them what to do. And my vision in my head is the only vision that makes sense. That's nonsense. So, but also I go above and beyond for my team. So like, for example, I, the only way you can get one-on-one coaching from me currently is by enrolling in one of my coaching programs. So in Farm to Table, for example, it's a group coaching program model, but we um, we do personal one-on-one sessions halfway through the program with each one of the students, which is also part of the reason why we got to cap the course at a certain amount because we want to give that unique experience. But halfway through the program, each one of our students were actually sent down with me personally one-on-one in a private session. And, you know, we will talk out any pain points, any of that stuff. And so that's the only time I do one-on-ones these days. It used to be that you could either, in, to work with me, you could either enroll in one of my group coaching programs or you could literally um, book me to work with you one-on-one and coach you in nutrition. You used to be able to work with me one-on-one for personal training. You used to be able to work with me one-on-one for business coaching. And you used to be able to work with me one-on-one for life coaching. Okay. Okay. 
Now, I've already decided I'm going to record a whole nother podcast to talk about why I made these shifts in my business, in my business model. So that's coming um, probably at the end of April, beginning of May. But now no one can get one on one time with me with the exception of my team. And when I say no one on one time, obviously I will talk to my team one on one about um, company business. But I'm talking about business coaching or health coaching. So while I will not take any more one on one clients from the general public, because I've had people in the past several weeks say, hey, Lise, like, where can I get I want to do business coaching with you. I want to do, you know, health coaching. So and so referred me to you. You know, I don't want to be part of Farm the Table. I don't want to be part of your group program. I just want to pay to work with you one on one. I no longer do that. The answer is no. Okay. With the exception of my team. So here's why. So everyone on our team at Farm to Table, number first and foremost, they're all graduates of the program. So every single one of our team members are graduates of Farm to Table. That is a requirement to work on the team. You have to have gone through the program. But also every single one of my team members are entrepreneurs. Every single single one of them have, you know, entrepreneurial um, things that they are pursuing, businesses that they are pursuing, right? And creating some, some are already off the ground and running. Some are already, uh, others are in the beginning stage. And so what I told my team is I will, I no longer offer one-on-one coaching, right? I told my assistant that because people email and she has to tell them. However, I will offer one-on-one coaching to them to work on their business. So this has nothing to do with company business. This has nothing to do with farm to table. This is me saying, I will coach you in building your company, right? Outside of company work and company time. And, and, and I don't charge them anything for it. I do this. This is like part of their compensation compensation package is that basically they will get mentored by me in their business. And because I consider that part of my internal customer service. And I am so proud of having a team of all females of color who are plant based. Number one, number two, entrepreneurs. Right. And so I always have believed that, you know, anyone who works for me should I should know what their goals in life are. I should know what they're pursuing. I should know, you know, what their dreams and their vision is because they could be working for me and not be in alignment. Right. And I want them to be working toward alignment. How can I be again back to integrity? How can I be teaching and speaking, being in alignment and being obedient? And I don't have people who feel like they are working for me. So I want to make sure all of them feel fulfilled in their role with me, whether they, you know, recognize that this is just a season for them or if this is a lifetime thing. But then whatever they're they're in pursuit of outside of me, I want to make sure I am contributing to them getting there quicker and easier. Right. So my team gets one-on-one business coaching for me, and then we're moving into a group business coaching model, right? So if I've set up appointments with, with each of them to sit down and talk about where they are in their business and, you know, what potential steps they can take to get to the next level. And that's really important to me. That's internal customer service, right? I'm responsible for you guys as the students, and I'm responsible for my team as well to make, because they're humans who have goals and families and dreams and things that they enjoy, things that they despise, right? They're not just, 
you know, a person that's working part of the team that's replaceable. No, they're humans, right? And they're having a human experience. And so I want to be involved in that. I want to serve them in that way. And that makes me really happy. Um, And it makes them really happy and it makes them feel really valued, right? I'm not under the impression that Farm to Table is your life. Farm to Table was my dream, you know? Um, So who am I, right? That's my dream. And so Internal and external customer service, super, super important. So if you haven't mastered it, get after it. All right. Next characteristic. I think I have just a couple of more, a couple more, um, three more and then we're done. Okay. So next characteristic that you need to be super successful in alignment is a willingness to be overworked and underpaid. So listen here, here we are. Now we're at the title track, okay? Um, And then we just got two more. So a willingness to be overworked and underpaid. Now, here's the deal, right? I said in a previous episode, I think it was the last episode as a matter of fact, that, you know, you, your worth and your value are two different numbers, okay? Your worth is infinite, Right. You know, people, I want to get paid my worth. I want to get paid what I'm worth. I'm not being paid my worth, whatever. I want to work for myself so I can get paid my worth. You'll never be paid your worth because you as a human and what you can contribute to this world is infinite. Your worth has no limit. But the value of what you create does have a limit. Okay, the value of what you create does have a limit. I cannot charge people a million dollars to take farm the table. Right now, the value of what the results we get people in farm to table is in the thousands in the not like to like high thousands, because for our students at farm to table, we're reversing chronic disease. They're getting off of medications like we're giving people their hope back, their power back. Right. They are going back to their healthcare providers and getting negative test results now. Right. They are losing weight. They are. We are um, helping to reinstill, reinstitute their confidence. We're improving the quality of life. We're improving the quality of their kids lives, of their spouses lives, of their loved ones lives. Like the value of what we sell in this plant based coaching program at Farm to Table is it's, it's, there's a high ticket and I'm not, and I'm not ashamed of it. And I know it, like, I know, you know, it, it's amazing what it means to listen to some of our alumni say, you know, after taking this program, I'm in my sixties. And after taking this program, I now feel like I have the tools, the energy. I now feel physically and emotionally and mentally equipped to go start the company that I've been wanting to start for years. That is insane. Right. And then to watch them go do it. Let's be clear. These isn't just words. We have graduates who have went on to do amazing things and they come out, come back and credit farm to table for being part of that process. Right. That is so valuable. Right. And so when I say a willingness to be overworked and underpaid, what I mean is what it took for me to build farm to table to what it is today. And we're, and I believe we're still in our infancy stages. Um, I couldn't, I can't even, I couldn't charge years ago what we're charging now. Right. Because we weren't adding that level of value yet. Right. We were not adding that level of value yet. And so, you know, and, and then you pair that with the fact that 
me, the founder, had limiting belief systems and a poor money mindset and fear about charging um, more when our value was increasing. And what's the outcome of that? Us staying for too long at a price point that was way below what we should have been, right? And so I was underpaid for a multitude of reasons, right? Um, And having all of these services that were not quite in alignment with who I was is the reason I was overworked. So the overworked and underpaid was part of, uh, you know, a percentage of that was just part of the process and you having to pay your dues and you getting in there, creating something and refining it, refining it, refining it. But then it was also some of it was self-inflicted, right? Because me being disobedient for so long and doing things longer than I should have been and, you know, not saying no or being afraid of this, right, caused me to be overworked and burnt out. I mean, I cannot wait to record this podcast next month to tell y'all about this experience that I'm having right now. I cannot wait. But I gave up so much during this season to enroll for the spring class of Farm to Table. And I cannot wait to tell you guys about it, but I don't want to talk about it while I'm in the experience because I believe that more is going to come from it. So all the lessons have have yet to been revealed, but I was, I was out of alignment in so many things I was, and it was tricky because I was in alignment with doing this part, but I was still doing these other things, which was out of alignment, but I was still doing them because they were needed, you know, our clients needed them, whatever. And it's anyway, it was just a beautiful revelation and I can't wait to share it. But my point is I, the overworked and underpaid again was partly self-inflicted and partly you know, just part of the process of building something amazing, right? Because we weren't at a place yet where we could charge X. And so we had to pay our dues to get to where we are today. And so in order to be in alignment and to be obedient, you have to have a willingness to be overworked and underpaid right there. Because when you, especially when you're an entrepreneur, like I said earlier, where you eat what you kill, right? If you don't hunt, you don't eat. You know, sometimes that is going to may require 10, 11, 12 hour days. Sometimes it requires two hour days. Right. And so sometimes it's going to you're not working hourly anymore. And so sometimes you can you can come over into entrepreneurship with a nine to five mindset and that nine to five mindset can hinder you or handicap you from doing some amazing things. And so a willingness to be overworked and underpaid, which, you know, really means a willingness to do what it takes to get to where you want to be, regardless of what that may look like in the moment. But as long as though that effort is attached to purpose, as long as that effort is aligned with your gifts, talents and purposes, you know, and as long as that effort has a clear end date, right? If the If the workload that you're going through right now, like you're humping to, you know, sell X or whatever is like, you can't see a way out. Like, oh my God, am I going to have to hump this hard in my business to make X amount every month? Like if there's not an exit strategy for that, now there's a problem, right? You shouldn't be overworked and underpaid forever, but there is a season of overwork and underpaid that you have to endure in order to, you know, get to the other side and ascend to the next level. And when you get to that next level, there still may be an aspect of that because new levels, new devils, right? And so you never know what's coming, but a willingness to be overworked and underpaid. You know, I think I had someone 
who, um, you know, um, was, we were getting into a contractual relationship for some work. And I remember one of the first things, you know, she asked me, you know, after sending the contract was like, like, why do I have to wait this long and get paid? And I remember thinking like, really? Like, that's your first, like here, this is the contract. You know, obviously there's a reason we set these parameters, right? Around, you know, when the pay was going to come. And I remember just thinking like, that's the wrong mindset to have, you know, when you are being presented with this opportunity, you're focusing on the wrong thing, right? If when you are presented with the opportunity and you're, the first thing your mind goes to is the money and when the money is coming and how much is going to be. And, and, but keeping in mind, you know, this is an opportunity that's going to benefit you, right? You have to reset your mindset. If it's something that you're just doing that you don't really care about, whatever, that's a different conversation. But I'm talking about opportunities that, you know, can position you to do, you know, some more great things and some more amazing things. And your first thing you have to say about it is the money, the money, the money. You're focusing on the wrong thing. And so your mindset needs to be shifted and you need to refocus on what really matters. Um, So that's really important. A willingness to be overworked and underpaid in the pursuit of an opportunity that, you know, can really, really benefit you. Okay. Okay. Final two, final two. Sorry, guys. I know we're going a little over, but final two characteristics that you need to be successful. First is understand how the value and skill set you bring to the table impacts the final deliverable for the client or the customer. Right understanding the value and skill set that you bring to the table and how that impacts the final deliverable for the client or customer. Because at many jobs, you're just a cog in the wheel and someone else has decided what your value um, is, right? Or what your value is worth, right? So whatever part you play um, in getting that final deliverable to the customer, a lot of times, you know, you pretty much minimize it or other people minimize it. So just let's say, just like take a car dealership, for example, right? I walk into the dealership to buy a Range Rover, right? And you're just responsible like for, you know, the paperwork in the back, right? Or you're responsible for greeting me when I come into the dealership. You're not my salesperson. You know, you're not going to show me the car. You know, you're not going to write up the deal. None of that, right? But you have to know what you bring to the table as the greeter in that dealership, right? You are my first touch point for that experience. You are my first impression of this dealership and this sales experience, right? And you have to know your value because sometimes when you don't know your value, you don't value the work, okay? And so if you don't know your value and the part that you play for that final deliverable to the customer, you are going to minimize it and not take it as serious. So in whatever role you currently do, even though you may not be in alignment yet, I want you to take a hard look at the role you play in the position you are in and do not minimize it, okay? Do not minimize it. If you're just cleaning the bathroom or if you're just an assistant and nobody ever sees you or talks to you, like, 
Trust me, whoever you're assisting, if they're touching the customer, their work is made easier by what you do for them. And that all, everything, everyone plays a part on the continuum. And you have to acknowledge and know what value and skill set, what that, what part that's playing. Because if you don't, you know, it's going to be hard to do it and dissect it when you have your own team. It's going to be difficult to understand that for yourself when you are in alignment. And so never minimize any type of role or, you know, whether that's somebody else's role or whether it's your role. Everyone has value. And so master the skill of being able to identify that value now. Okay, everybody has value. And so we do not want to take from that because the role would not have been created if it wasn't necessary to deliver a phenomenal customer experience. Right. So whether it's cleaning the bathrooms, pouring the coffee, doing the paperwork, you know, verifying referrals, we know background checks. I don't care what role you play. It's important. And make sure that you understand what that skill set and deliverable is, right? Because it could not, the whole end experience, like we can't put this sandwich together, right, without you. Yeah, it'll still be a sandwich without the lettuce, but the lettuce bring a whole lot of value. You got that crunch in there, some plants in there, some color in there, like everything plays a part, okay? And so you have to understand your part in that end deliverable and master that at a high level. Okay. Um, final lesson. This is the last one y'all. And this is a big one. Okay. You have to master doing the work that you're avoiding. Now this comes um, directly from my coach and I just love this piece of advice. So I'm going to pass it on to you guys. You must master doing the work that you're avoiding. You have to. Because part of the reason you may not be where you want to be is because you're avoiding the work, right? You think you can get around it. You think, and you probably can, like you, you probably can get to where you want to be without doing all of the steps, right? Without doing all of the work. But the question is, how prepared will you be when you arrive? See, the steps are there to prepare you. Right. So it's not saying that you can't take a shorter route. It's just saying that when you get there, you're not going to be as prepared as everyone else in the room who took the longer route. And so a lot of times people think that, you know, the goal is to just get there. No, 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 no. The goal is to get there and be ready when you get there. So stop avoiding the work, the steps that's required, like. And working for yourself, you need um, to acquire an audience. You need some visibility, right? And so if you don't have that visibility, you know, and, and that audience, then you, you lack the, probably the potential to make sales, right? You lack the potential to, you know, really get business. But you didn't do the work in the beginning to build that audience organically. You didn't create the content to make people believe that you were the expert in your field, that you were the go-to person in this space, right? So yeah, you have, you know, 20,000 followers, let's say, but did you build that organically with the audience who really hangs on every single one of your words because you've built up a level of credibility in your discipline 
or did you get those followers in a non-organic way and now you know you think you've arrived meaning you have the product to sell but ain't nobody buying because you have no credibility because you took a shortcut to get here and so you have to do the work that you're avoiding no matter how uncomfortable it makes you no matter how much it hurts um, you know, no matter how much it feels like grunt work or beneath you, um, do the work that you're avoiding, because when you do the work that you're avoiding, it grows you as a human and then certainly grows you as a professional in your discipline, but it grows you as a human. You know what I'm saying? It's so important um, that we do the work that we're avoiding. I remember um, when I worked at the state of Michigan as a foster care worker and, you know, there were certain aspects of my jobs that of my job as a foster care worker that I loved. I loved interacting with the kids. I love running events. I love doing the home visits, you know, checking on the kids. Um, but I didn't really love um, doing the reports. Like after doing a home visit, we had to come back, type up reports, you know, put everything in the report. Um, I didn't necessarily love going to court. You know, we had court, I think it was maybe every three months or so where we had to report to the court and the lawyers, you know, whether or not the parents were doing what they were supposed to do for reunification. Um, I didn't necessarily enjoy coordinating services for the parents, you know, to get their kids back. But I had to because the end result was reunification. Like the goal was to reunify this kid with their parent. The goal was to reunify the kid with their parent. And so what if I just did half my job, which was visiting the kids, doing events, doing the home visits, but I decided to skate out on the reports. I decided to skate out on, you know, just halfway show up or ask somebody to fill in for me going to the court dates. You know, what if I decided not to coordinate the services, the reunification services for the parents? Um, in an expeditious manner, in an efficient manner to make sure they got what they needed to make sure that the therapist and all that heard from me and reporting about the parents, like, because I didn't love that aspect of my job. What if I avoided it? You know, like maybe what if I just did enough to say it was done, but I wasn't thorough, you know, what could that potentially have resulted in? Well, it could either resulted in a reunification not happening. It could have resulted in a reunification happening longer than it should have taken, meaning a, a kid had to be away from their biological family longer than they should have been. You know, it could have, or it could have resulted in a kid going back to a home that they ne should have never went back to because my reporting wasn't good and thorough. So even though there's aspects of your work that you don't enjoy, you still need to do it. So do the work you're avoiding because the outcome is going to be that much sweeter, but you develop as a human and as a person who has that work ethic, who has that integrity, right? Um, who has, you know, who has mastered the skill of working to completion. All of these things are so important. So when you get into a place of alignment, when I say doing the work that you're avoiding, sometimes it's some aspects like I do reporting every Sunday, you know, in, in my business and when we're in an enrollment season just to like, you know, know the numbers and all of that stuff and know what's going on. Right. I don't necessarily look forward to that. Right. But I need to because, you know, we are in a season of growth. Uh, but how can I honestly say that if I don't have the numbers to back it up? And so I need to be doing this reporting. I need all I want to do is hop on the mic and teach. You know what I mean? Like, like give me a mic and a subject 
and, and an audience. And that's my sweet spot right there. But no, there are some other things that need to be done. So I must do the work I'm avoiding in order to grow a company and grow a team. You know, I just told my assistant, like, listen, I know I need to be paying you more. I know I need to be you. You like I know that you deserve you're amazing. And I know that I want to serve you in a better way, but I need to have the numbers to prove that we're ready to do that. I can't just all of a sudden, you know, decide to pay her more just because I think she's good at what she do. No, the numbers got to make sense for me. And so I have to do the work that I'm avoiding to justify my business decisions. Right. Um, and so even though I'm good at what I'm good at, just because you're good at baking cakes or, you know, good at making t-shirts or good at being a personal trainer or a coach doesn't mean that you're good at running a whole, you know, business doesn't mean you're good at being a leader. It doesn't mean that you're good at, um, hiring and firing. It doesn't mean that. So there's some characteristics that you need to develop in order to be good, in order to be successfully in alignment. The reason opportunities keep coming to you know, to us, you know, at Pharma Table and at the Black Health Academy. And just because the reason things are are presenting themselves in the way that allows us to continue to move forward and grow is because these characteristics, these traits, I hone, you know, I master, I adhere to, and I covet because I know that me proving Uh, I have to prove every day when I wake up, I have to prove that I'm worthy of the position I'm in. I have to prove that I'm worthy of the opportunity that I've been given. Right. And that and that proof comes with these character traits. It comes with my integrity. It comes from my work ethic. It comes from my patience. It comes from me doing the professional development. Yeah, I can be at the gym listening to music. But dang, I could also listen to this podcast, you know, about saturated fat. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So we have I have to do the work to continue to make myself worthy of the opportunity before it even arrives and then continue to make myself worthy of the opportunity that I just got I don't think getting the opportunity is winning I think keeping the opportunity like asking me at a company or entity asking me to come back again the next year is uh to me a better um a better praise report than me getting the opportunity the first time like I remember the first time the University of Michigan asked me to speak for veg week but I also remember the first time they asked me to come back again Like they asked me for the first time in 2019, but then they asked me in 2020 to come back. I felt way more proud when they asked me to come back the next year than I felt when they asked me the first time. And I didn't know I would feel like that. Like I had no idea. Right. This is something that I had to live through to be able to teach to. But I was like, wow. You know, I've been doing the work to stay on top of my game. I showed up, first of all, in a massive way the first time around. But not only that, I've been, you know, honing and coveting my skill set so much and just staying, you know, present and relevant and whatever. And, you know, just continue to make impact that they want me back. Like somebody want you back is dope because they could want you the first time because they heard about you. Maybe they saw you one time and got excited. But like when the AKAs asked me to come back. (laughs) last year, like literally a few months after I spoke the first time, that was the prize to me, right? So how are you showing up um, in such a way that that ensures that the universe continues to present you with opportunities over and over again? Because again, you don't need brand new opportunities. The sweetest opportunities are the ones you already had, 
right? And so how can we make those, put those opportunities on repeat is by honing and coveting, you know, these skill sets that I just went over. So quick recap, 10 characteristics or traits that you need to bring with you from your nine to five over into your um, place of obedience and being in alignment, your work ethic, your integrity, the uh, ability to accept responsibility and accountability, working to completion, patience, professional development, customer service, both internal and external, a willingness to be overworked and over underpaid, an understanding of how the value and skill set that you bring to the table impacts the final deliverable to the client and customer, and finally, mastering the work that you're avoiding. All right, listen, I know this was a long one. Um, I apologize. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Uh, but listen, guys, click that link in that bio. If you're listening to this before April 18th, 2021, we may have some seats left for this season of Farm to Table. If nothing else, please hit follow on this podcast and share it with someone who needs to hear it and rate it. If you have a minute, give us a, give us a shout out and give us, give us a review. We absolutely love to know, you know, what type of additional value we can add to your life until next month. I'll be back with another solo episode and then you'll hear from Jay and I, I think uh, probably next week. Take care guys. Later.